Hey guys, how's it going? Today's episode is brought to you by Tacticalories Seasoning Company. They are based out of Webster, New York, and they offer high-quality seasonings such as Adirondack Smoke Barbecue, Hand Cannon Honey Habanero, and my personal favorite, Bosco Blend. You can check them out online at tacticalories.com and find them on Instagram at tacticalories. Welcome to episode number 16 of the JD Outdoors podcast. Follow me on Instagram at JD underscore outdoors 1773. My guest today will be Tom Stain. You can follow him on Instagram at smallmouthfreaks. Today we will be talking about fishing a blade bait. How are you doing today? Hey, how's it going, Jordan? Good, good, good. Uh, can you give us a little background on your fishing career, how and when you started fishing and uh, tournament fishing especially? Uh, just a little rundown of that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I probably started off pretty much like every other angler. You know, I grew up in Connecticut, started trout fishing, bass fishing, um, started getting into the tournaments in the early 2000s, bought my first bass boat. It was a, I think it was like a 16-foot skeeter. Hmm. Started fishing some tournaments on Candlewood Lake. Some guys will probably be familiar with that. Yeah. Um, and once I started doing that, I mean, I just got hooked. It was it was just the whole competitive side of it and everything like that just got me, reeled me right in. So then I started going to uh, some bigger local tournaments, um, did some of the BFLs, the Bassmaster Weekend Series, which we were talking about before. Uh, tried my hand at some of the Everstarts back then. I don't I think they're called the Toyota Series now. Yeah. Um, a couple of the Bassmaster Tours and then went from there. Now I'm trying hopefully someday try to qualify for the uh, classic and the elites through the New York Bass Nation. Yep. That's the goal, right? That, that's yeah. See how it goes, man. I'm going to give it a, give it a, give it a go. Yeah. I mean, why not? You, you got nothing to lose. You know, it's, it's like you said earlier uh, when we were talking, like even getting your butt kicked, it's fun, fun experience and you learn a lot. So it's worth it. Can't get there if you don't try, man. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, what would you say is your best bass fishing memory? Oh, I've got two that stand out in my head just off right. off the cuff. Um, probably in my 20s, uh, my mother lives on a nice private lake over in New Hampshire. And uh, I went out one day fishing with, with a couple of buddies and we just whooped on these bass. And I don't know what it was about that day, but it just kind of started the uh, the fire inside me to, to want to get back into it and in in compete at it you know at that point i was looking at doing some tournaments and stuff and i didn't have a boat yet these guys had a boat and it was just something about that day and it was i would say that day started me competitive fishing um and then the other one i think would be actually winning one of my first tournaments on the hudson river in auto catskill um that was that was actually one of the Bassmaster weekend series ones um I grew up fishing the Connecticut River, which is a tidal river, mm -hmm. and it really paid tribute to me fishing the Hudson. Never been there before, practiced there a couple of days, and ended up doing what I did back on my home river, and it ended up giving me a win. So that was a that was a pretty memorable day for me. And that's awesome for sure. It's awesome when you can take something from one body of water and relate it somewhere else, and it works out for you. And yeah, and that was, I mean, generally fishing tidal rivers is, is tough anyways, but it, it was almost like being back home. And it just, 
it was such a comfortable day for me. Yeah. Working well. So obviously you've fished a lot of different places and uh, have a lot of experience, but where is your dream place to fish? Or it, have you been there before? Is there some place that you still want to go to? Or Oh, man. My dream place is, I mean, I, I'm in love with Thousand Islands and Lake Ontario. Yeah. That's, to me, like, that's that's my home water. Was, like, this year alone, I think I did 11 trips up there. Um, eventually, we're going to end up buying a weekend house up there. But yeah. right now, my dream lake, I think, would be Simcoe. Yeah. All right. But once that border opens back up, man. I'm, I was I'm, just going to say, we got a little bit with you there right now. I, I see all these videos on, on Instagram and YouTube. These guys catch these six, seven, eight pounders. It's like, man, I got to get up there and give it a go. And, and it's... It's weird because, you know, a lot of people, I think when you ask them what their dream lake is, it's going to go largemouth oriented more so. Yeah. I, obviously, I think you and I, smallmouth freaks as we are, you know, it's just that's our, our love is just smallmouth, big smallmouth. Either that or my second would be Falcon Lake Contest. Okay. All right. All right. There we go. <laughs> well. Yeah, it's it's awesome to hear everyone's dream places. Like I I've got a in my notes app in my phone. I've got a list that I just keep adding to of all the places because I've only fished outside of New York State once ever. So I've got a huge list of places I want to start knocking off the list and. Uh, nice. You know, getting that I actually have a. Map. I've got a map on my wall over here. Places I circle that I want to go. Oh, that's awesome! <laughs> all right, that's a cool idea too. There's a lot of circles on that map. <laughs> <laughs> you got to fish everywhere, but then it's all about the experience and like, obviously so many different fisheries fish different and it's uh, just, you learn something every place you go. And I can't even yeah. like fishing, like the, you know, the deep reservoirs or anything like that. Cause we don't really have much like that near me. So. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But uh, let's dig right into the, the meat and potatoes of the podcast today and our main topic. Uh, what is your favorite setup or setups, if you have multiple, for fishing blade baits over the rod, the reel, the line, the lure, uh, what weight you use, what hooks you use, so on. So if you want to just break that down, feel free. Yeah, definitely, man. Um, it's It's... It's kind of cool up here. A lot of guys, I've been getting a lot of questions lately on Instagram about blade baits. And it's kind of like a cult following up here in the Northeast. Um, I started fishing blades probably 15 years ago. Um, I picked it up over on Lake Winnipesaukee, New Hampshire. It's like a, a little underground, underworld cult following over there of blade baits. And I was seeing these guys catch, you know, good smallies all winter long, the early spring. And I'm like, man, how are they doing this? And I finally figured it out and uh, I started getting into it and I used it down in Connecticut. Um, got pretty good with it, kind of gave it up for a little while. And then once I moved up here to Vermont fishing Champlain and going up to Thousand Islands, some of these local lakes, I picked it back up again. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's just deadly in the colder water. I mean, I've tried it in the summertime. I haven't had too much luck yet with it, but so I'm using, I, I, Keep it simple. I get mine from a guy that's uh, actually on Instagram, Dale Wyman. He makes uh, makes some custom color ones, and I keep it simple. I use basically four colors. I'll do gold, silver, white, and then like a, a purchase color, chartreuse color, and that's it. 
um, mostly half ounce to three quarter. Pretty much those weights I can get down to, like I'll fish three quarters down to 60 feet. Okay. Uh, half ounce, half ounce is good for like 10 feet down to, you know, on a calm day, you can get it down to 40 feet, 50 feet, no problem. Um, I tend to like the heavier ones just because, just for the feel. Yeah. Um, a lot of guys run their blades on spinning gear with braid and then a, obviously a fluorocarbon leader. Mm-hmm. I've tried that in the past and I just, to me, it feels too heavy on a spinning rod. So yeah. I've gone, I've gone to a casting rod. I end up using like a jerkbait rod, like a 610 medium. Mm. Um, I've experimented with rods up to like seven foot three. I've yeah. got one now that I tried. It's a seven three medium from, uh, I think it's a Shimano. Um, jerkbait rod or, or a stiffer crankbait rod because you're, I mean, you're fishing a treble hook bait, mm-hmm. and there's been a I mean, guys that fish blades consistently know that your hookup ratio with those things is kind of like on a good day, 50-50. Yeah. You know, just the way the fish hit it and the, the weight of the bait and all that stuff. And yeah. I found that I have a better hookup with those casting rods, a medium, you know, medium action, softer tip rods. Gotcha. I've tried like parabolic crankbait rods and they just, they don't have that. You, the way I fish them, I chuck them out let them hit bottom and I'll lift and drop them all the way back to the boat. So, I mean, you got, you know, you can chuck a three quarter ounce blade bait, got like 80, 90 yards, yep. you know, so you get a fish on the fall way out there and you're fishing one of them limber rods. It's just, you're not going to hook up with that fish. Too much so you kind of want that happy medium. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Um, I've tried the braid before, which actually is really nice because you can get that. I mean, the feel with that braided line and that blade bait down there, it's, it's awesome. Um, the only problem is when I'm the time of year that I'm using it is when the water's super cold. Yeah. The weather up here is super cold. So the braid tends to hold that water and it just freezes your eyelids up. Yeah, for sure. So I end up going to straight fluorocarbon, um, pretty much 12 pound, sometimes 10, but 12 is my go-to. I use a cigar, 12 pound Invisex or Ebrazex. Uh, still has a little bit of stretch, but the hookup ratio with that com- and combined with those jerkbait rods is, has been pretty decent for me. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of guys will modify their blades. I kind of run them stock. Um, the guy that I get them from, like I said, Dale, there, he puts pretty decent hooks on them. So I don't change the hooks out. What I will do is uh, sometimes I'll put a split ring and a swivel on the top. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're fishing them things deep and you start reeling them up and they'll spin on you. You'll get all kinds of, yeah. you know, wound knots and stuff. Um, sometimes I'll throw a feather hook on the tail. Okay. And then recently what I've tried doing is uh, those little willow blade spinners that uh, I think it's Z-Man that makes that you can put in the... Yeah, there you go. Like that. My... Yeah. This is just from making my spinner baits and whatnot, but yeah, just a little willow on there. So that company right there, Steel Shad, I didn't even know it is actually right up the street from me. Really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah this one, probably my favorite color, the oh, there it is, uh, sexy shad. Yeah, there you go. I love it. See, that's a that's a nice color there because that almost mimics like uh like we have rainbow smelt out here in our way. Yeah. Um, which is what I'm usually trying to mimic with the blades, and that matches perfectly. 
So uh, what reel are you using on there? Are you using a super high gear ratio reel to just pick up the line or moderate? What are you using? Yeah, I'm using either a 7.3 or an 8.1. Okay. Um, actually, no, I'm sorry. The one I'm using now is an 8.2 uh, SLX, Shimano SLX. Okay. And that seems to be the best right now for me. Because uh, the way I fish mine a little differently, I don't uh, – a lot of guys will hop it and then follow it back down to the bottom on kind of semi mm-hmm. semi line. Um, what I found up here for mine is I'm, I'm hopping it, giving it until I can feel it vibrate. You get that quick little, that little zoom mm-hmm. and I'll let it fall back to the bottom. And what I've found, especially this year, for some reason is as I let it fall quick to the bottom, that's when they're hitting it. Mm. You go to lift up for that next lift and they're on there. Yeah. Um, I mean, doing it the other way obviously works. I mean, there's so many different ways you can fish it, but the way that I've, I don't know if these fish in this, these lakes up here have come accustomed to the blades because a lot of guys throw them. Mm-hmm. So let's try to do a couple of little different things, and it seems to work. Um, but by doing that, by letting that thing fall and then fish, they're either hitting it on the fall or they're hitting it on the bottom. Yeah. So a lot of times I'll see them, they're hooked up under their jaw or they're, you know, one hook in the mouth and one inside of the head. So it's, like I said, that's that 50-50 hookup ratio when you get them things. Yeah, my first day ever bass fishing with them, I, I'd caught a wall on them prior, but like the first day I've ever really hooked up with bass on them, uh, I was fishing an open tournament, I believe. I think it was an open tournament, not our club tournament, on Lake Erie with my buddy Justin Warner, and we were throwing them on casting gear, and we both lost like, the first five we ever hooked up with. It was both our first times using them. Because we were setting the hook and reeling and reeling, but we weren't prepared for how fast the fish were coming up out of the water. So you'd come up, swing once, your blade bait would go flying, would go back down. And the, the big lesson I learned there was change out the hooks because they did not have good hooks on them to start with. So, like, I learned that lesson and high gear ratio reel because I was using, uh, I was actually using a spinner bait rod for it which I, I liked the feel of it and everything. It might've been a little too, you know, moderate, but uh, I was using a six to one or, or excuse me, six, eight to one gear ratio reel and it just wasn't fast enough. So I think like next year I want to go with like an eight or something like that, just so I can really pick up that slack as quick as possible. Yeah. Yeah. It does. It seems to work pretty good, especially in the deeper water. Cause you're picking up, you know, a lot of times they'll, I think there was one of my videos the other day where you'll see me, I'm hopping it and I feel the fish on there and I reel it and I reel a pretty good amount of line in before the rod actually bows up. Mm. The fish hit it on the fall and then ran towards me. Yeah. So I'm, and that was still, I think with that eight two ratio reel, I'm still trying to catch up to it and then it loads up. So I actually might try one of those burner reels, those 10, 10 to one reels. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. You know, especially in 40, 50 feet of water, that's a lot of line to pick up. Yeah, we were, we were fishing in like 40, 44 foot of water that day, and uh, it was uh, – actually, it might have been the, the – it was the Douglas Rods Big Money Open on Erie. Oh, nice. That, nice. that was the one uh, where my buddy Andy and uh, Andy Full and Dustin Marion almost got 30 pounds. Saw that. that was, I was so happy to be there and witness that because that was just something else. But, uh, awesome. yeah, we were just like losing fish after fish, and we're just looking at each other like – 
what is going on right now? Just why are like we ended up getting like three in the box on the blade bait or one on a football jig if you want a blade bait, and it's just like days almost <laughs> over. We got six pounds of smallmouth. It's not <laughs> happening. So I think that's why a lot of guys don't fish them. They just I don't know if they just don't understand them or they they have that same issue and they're just like you know the heck with these things. And it can be frustrating. Yeah, I decided I'm going to keep with it because it's like I, I, I just knew so many people catching them on the blade bait. And I'm like, and I'm hearing so much about it, seeing it on Wired to Fish, seeing it on Bassmaster, seeing it everywhere. And I'm like, all right, these things have to work. There, there's no way that it works that bad of fishermen and that the lure sucks and that we're not catching anything. Like, they work. We just got to figure it out and dial it in. One, one of my goals, and I probably shouldn't say because I know these guys will probably try to use it on me, is up on Thousand Islands especially in the river and those deeper holes i'm gonna i'm dying to try to get that thing to work on those deeper fish just yeah. as just as an alternative to drop shot and dragon you know what i mean um i think in the right spots and the right conditions it could probably get them to fire it up but i haven't the only thing i've caught up there on them yet is like big drums or, or big walleye yeah, yeah. <laughs> i haven't been able to get the smallies to hit them up there yeah. i don't know why no, that's that's a good idea though. It definitely like with enough practice, it should work because it just it's and especially it's something that like or if it's summertime and they're super deep or whatnot, like it's something that they they probably don't see it almost ever in the summer, you know. Yeah, I mean, I've got them. I've got it to work a little bit out, out in the lake during the summertime. But the river for some reason, I just I don't know. Maybe it's just not the right conditions. I'm not sure, but yeah, eventually we get it to work. Oh yeah, for sure. If you if you try long enough and hard enough, you're gonna catch one on it. There's no doubt about it. It's, it's yep. and it does catch big fish. Guys think it's not. It does, man. It, it catches big fish. Yeah. Oh yeah. It, it's uh, it's such a. It's one of the lures that you look at. And you're like, that looks so simple, but somehow it just works really well. Yeah, and I don't like. I've been fishing one for like I said forever, and sometimes I still don't understand why why they like it so much in that cold water yeah you know the vibration the, the flash I, I i don't know all i know is it works so i'm gonna keep using it <laughs> yeah do you ever go down to like smaller three eight ounce blade bait in any situations or are you always the half quarter type no i i like i know there's a lot of guys that fish in shallow i don't i i go to something i i strictly use it for deeper water for for me you know probably the majority of it for me is 20, 20 to 50 feet. Um, if I'm going shallower than 20 feet, I just, I, I go to other options. Yeah. I, I know guys that do fish them, you know, quarter ounce, three eighths ounce, like some of the, um, the smaller, I think it's the, uh, the Jackal Keyburns and the other, the yeah. Demiki Waltz. And they, they have good luck with them. It's just, for me, it just doesn't, uh, I don't know. Just haven't tried. So now when you're fishing the blade bait, is there anything that you're going to do different or change if you're trying to specifically target largemouth or smallmouth? I know recently on your videos, you've been having a, an issue where the largemouth are right where the smallmouth are supposed to be. But if you're specifically trying to target one or the other, how do you uh, go about that? Or does it stay generally the same? Uh, yeah, I don't know what's up with those largemouth lately, man. I mean, I'm not going to complain, but they're, they're definitely lost because they're in 40 feet of water. Um, <laughs> No, there used to be, a, you know, you read a bunch of articles and it was always silver for largemouth and gold for smallmouth. Mm. Uh, 
I've never found that to be true in, in my, you know, in my uh, experiences with them. But um, for one thing I have found, though, is in the lakes that I fish, the largemouth like the white ones for whatever reason. Um, I'll still catch smallies on them, but if I'm going to go and look for a big largemouth, I'll throw a white one on and I'll just put a little black, uh, I'll take a little Sharpie and just put a little black mark in the center of it for something to target. And if for whatever reason, they seem to like that white one. Um, that's really the only thing I've noticed, but I've been catching them on whatever color. Yeah. Uh, this particular lake is weird. The one I've been fishing lately is I, if there's loads of perch in there, I can't get them to hit a perch blade for some reason. I can throw that thing all day and I won't catch them. I'll, I'll switch to a gold or a silver one and, and start catching them right away. Yeah. It makes no sense. No sense. Sometimes yep. it's those little things that, like to us, we're like, oh, it should work. But then you throw something in that works that you're like, that should not work today for any reason. Like, no, just when you think you got them figured out, they're like, nope. Yeah. 180. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's crazy. Hey, you did. Thank you. You did a good job of uh, breaking that down for us and giving us a look at uh, blade bait fishing because. For me, when I started, I know the resource was there to kind of learn more about blade baits and whatnot, but it, it's nice to hear like an exact breakdown and everything of like the specific rod, real line, because you hear a lot of people do throw them on spinning. So I would recommend trying either or and see what works best for you. But like, I definitely thought the casting was a lot easier to, especially because I am I was vertical fishing it. So it just was a lot easier to just unspool it, fall, and then it's right there and you're just boom, boom, boom. Yeah. The one thing I will say with the spinning gear is obviously if you got a good reel, you've got that drag to back you up. Yeah. Um with the with the casting gear, it's a little difficult. Like I'll set my drag to a kind of a medium uh setting where I'm still getting a good hook set. Mm -hmm. But as soon as I feel the weight of the fish and it's because when they start surging on that casting gear is when you're gonna lose 90 percent yeah. of the time. So what I'll do is as I'm fighting that fish and I can Kind of sense how hard it's pulling i'll just back that drag off a little bit or just tighten it up real quick um it seems to help i mean you're still still got a chance of losing them but yeah for me i think that's probably the biggest advantage with going with the spinning gear is you have that drag that you can set and, but like i said for me personally i don't like a three-quarter ounce blade on a spinning rod to me is just it seems too heavy yeah and i'm kind of losing the feel of it you know what i mean yeah, I would agree with that for sure. And then if you start getting into too stiff of a rod, then it, you know, it's not going to give you the same hookup and all that. So, yeah, and there's a couple of like one of my buddies fishes it pretty consistently, and he's been using a seven foot six um, spy bait rod, hmm. and he's had good success with it. Um, so I might give that a try just to see what it feels like. It's I don't know what what model or what brand it is, but it's yeah seven six medium. And it's designed specifically for spy baits. It might be like a cash and rod or yeah. one of those, those brands. Um, but he's had really good luck with that rod. You know, it's, the, it's got the length to pick up the line. Yeah. It's got great action. Um, I think he's using like a 3,000. It's, yeah, it's a 3,000 size reel. So you got a lot of line. You got a good drag on it. So that's that could be a good alternative to try. Yeah. Mm. You know? Yeah, like mainly because I was fishing at vertical, my mind was kind of automatically going to like, I need shorter rods. But like you were saying, if you're casting it out and hopping it back to the boat, then, I, you know, obviously the longer rod's going to do you a lot of good. And Yeah, and that's kind of why. I've, so my normal setup is that 6'10 medium. 
Um, and, I, and I get good casting distance out of it. So if I am fishing it far, uh, which is kind of my go-to where I'm fishing is I'll chuck it out as far as I can, hop it back. But then obviously, you know, you see a fish on the graph below you. Yeah. I, I can wind that thing back in and it's still got the right length where I can just vertical jig it. Yeah. Um, but that's, like I said, I've been experimenting with that seven three for doing those longer bomb casts and, and hopping it back, you know, cause you can have that bait in the water for 15, you know, 10, 15 minutes if you really wanted to, if you're fishing it super slow. Yeah. You get one out, you know, like I said, 80 yards and you get one hitting it on the fall, you got that nice length of that rod to lift that line. Yeah. So can't, can't get that with so, a, a six and a half foot rod. So <laughs> no, it's kind of tough. I mean, you can, but it's tough. That's yeah. a lot of line to pick up, you know, but for sure. Yeah. To each his own. Man. I mean, I, I would say just get out and try it, you know, the right rod and the right line setup definitely make a difference. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to say the immediate difference, but, you fish one rod for one day and you go to that nice medium action rod the next day and you'll see a huge difference. Yeah. And the, you know? the feel on it when you're jigging it up and down and everything like that is, is it, with a nice rod, you can feel it way more obviously. And it's just, uh, it's a unique bait to learn, but once you start catching them on it, it's kind of addicting because the way that they hit it, it's just like, you're just, you gotta be ready at all times for when they're about to smack it. Yeah. And when they, you know, when the water's super cold and they start stacking up, I think you'd be hard pressed to find another lure that would rival the catch ratio of that thing. Yeah. You know, you get a pot of fish on that screen, you just start vertical jigging down to them. It's, and you get that school, you know, fired up. That blade bait just, I mean, just hammers them. Yeah. My, my buddy was telling me, and it, I never really crossed my mind before, but he was like, well, fishing with a blade bait's kind of like, ice fishing and i was like well what do you mean he's like you're vertical fishing it that's the thing that's going to get them fired up is just because you're putting it right in front of their face and like obviously a drop shot you're doing the same thing but it's not flashy as this and you know putting off as much vibration and whatnot so it's like that's what gets them fired up because it's like a reaction bait you know a lot of times it's going to get them going so yep yep and it's and that's another thing, you know, people are thinking, oh, my God, the water's in the 30s or 40s. The fish aren't active. I'm telling you what, that live scope has opened up my eyes big time to how active these fish are in this cold water. It's, it's incredible. You know, the last couple of weeks just fishing out there, the water's been in the 40s. And, and you know, I'm watching these fish come up from being on the bottom in 44 feet of water to chase my bait up. And I mean, it's crazy, you know. Sure. All right. Well, um, I'm going to get into the last few questions that we got here to kind of wrap things up. Uh, kind of, so, kind of some fun, fun questions and uh, a serious question to kind of get you thinking. But uh, first, what is your favorite snack on the water? Everyone loves to eat while they're fishing. It kind of goes hand in hand. So, what is your favorite snack? Yeah. Oh yeah. My wife's always making fun of me because every ten minutes I'm snacking. Uh, <laughs> number one, I would say peanut M and M's. Ooh. Okay. I don't know why. I try to eat healthy when I'm on the boat, but it just never happens. Yeah. Oh, no, I understand that for sure. It's like you you bring all, you know, protein bars, you bring an apple, because you can't have bananas on the boat. Ooh. So <laughs> you bring an apple, and then, you know, I pack a PB&J, and by midday, I'm like, do I really want the apple? No. <laughs> I'm just going to go straight for the PB&J. See, you can't go wrong with PB&J. No. Can't go wrong. 
But that's why I get peanut butter, you know, peanut M&M's. It's got the peanuts and the chocolate. Can't it's go wrong with that. Easy. Yeah. Pretty mess free, too. Yeah. Don't want to get crumbs all over the boat, because then you got to pick them up. and. <laughs> All right, so then the the last question, which I think is a pretty important one, and it's interesting to get different people's, you know, mindsets behind it, but do you have any tips for staying positive on the water, whether it be fun fishing or tournament fishing? Obviously, tournament fishing can be pretty stressful because... If you're in a competition, which you're in a competition, whether you're fishing or not, because it's you versus the fish all the time. So it's kind of can be frustrating because we don't know what they're thinking a lot of the time. So what are your tips to kind of stay positive during those situations when it's getting tough? Oh, that's an awesome question, man. I mean, that's something we all struggle with. You get those, we all get those days where the demons start fighting in your head and the wheels come off the train. <laughs> We've all been there. Um, I remember hearing, I think it was Brandon Paul that said a couple of years ago about controlling the controllables. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about the rest. And I, and that, for some reason, that stuck in my head. And uh, I mean, it's something that I still struggle with today. You know how it goes. You get out there and one day you're whacking them, the next day you, you can't catch anything. Oh. You know, and it starts to get in and eat at you. And I, that sticks in my head. And I kind of just, okay. I tell myself, hey, man, these fish are, there's fish in this lake somewhere that are biting. Mm-hmm. somebody's always catching them yep. figure out what what's going on you know um it's it's just a it's a never-ending struggle you know it's it's crazy but they're always biting somewhere just figure it out yeah like I, you'll see guys losing fish and they start freaking out and i'm not gonna lie man i've been there before <laughs> you know i ain't breaking any rods or anything but I'm, you know especially during a tournament you lose a nice fish and you freak out yeah. Man, don't dwell on it. Just pick up a rod and just keep shocking. You know, as hard as it is, just keep doing it. You know, at the end of the day, dude, you're fishing. Yeah. You're fishing. It could be worse. Yep, that's what my dad always says. It could be working, but you're fishing right now. So, you know, or hey, you're not catching anything, man. Pick up your confidence bait and just go to town. Yep. You keep chucking that thing, eventually, you're going to get something. But. Yeah. Yeah, that's an awesome question, man. I don't think there's a magic answer for that. It's, it's everyone's got their own thing. Yeah, for sure. You know, uh, I just try to keep that, uh, like Gerald Swindle says, that PMA, that positive mental attitude. <laughs> you know, that definitely goes a long way. Yeah, it's just awesome because, like, you know, obviously there's no perfect formula for everyone, but like when you get little bits and pieces from different people on what they do, you can kind of put it all together or take bits and pieces of what they do and uh use it for yourself and kind of get it because the whole confidence thing like for sure that that's my what you know if i'm not catching anything when i'm largemouth fishing if i don't pick up a chatterbait something seriously wrong with me that day because like that's just my confidence thing when it comes to comes to them and when it's smallmouth if i don't pick up a ned rig at some point during the day then either i know that i'm on something else or something's gone seriously wrong because that's my confidence thing for smallmouth so it's kind of back to basics i guess yeah, you know, it's it's tough, man. It's like like you'll see some guys. I'll fish with some guys out there that just they lose a fish and it's just the day's done. You know, they just lose it. And uh, like I said I've had days like that, but man, I just I try not to let it get in my head. Mm-hmm. You know, once you do, the wheels come off and it's it's done. Yeah. <laughs> once you get to that point, it's hard to go back. 
Yeah. Keep it in the beginning of the day. But just keep trucking. Yeah, for sure, you man. It's it. Baits in the water. You're going to get something eventually. I mean, hey, when we all started fishing with a worm and bobber, that's basically what we were doing. We were just sitting there hoping for it, and it happened. Yep. So when, yep. we have all this knowledge. We can definitely put it to use and, uh, you know, have a better better chance of catching something. Definitely, definitely. All right, well, thank you, man, for coming on today. Uh, thanks for being a part of the show. I learned a lot from you. It was nice talking to you. I hope the listeners learned a lot as well on blade bait fishing. Uh, is there anyone that you'd like to shout out, uh, sponsors, pro staffs, anything like that that you'd like to shout out? Uh, I'm going to shout out to my wife, man. You can check her out at Bass Girl Fishing on, on the Instagram. Um, without her support, there's no way I'd be able to do this. Yeah. And that's honest to God. <laughs> honest to God. Happy wife, happy life, man. There you go. <laughs> you know, but uh, I appreciate you having me on, man. Thank you very much. Yeah, no awesome. problem. I mean, your Instagram is awesome. I love seeing it every day, and you're just uh, thank you. Positive, thank you're a positive guy, positive angler, and uh, you always you have tons of information to share, and you're willing to share it with with me all the time when I, when I, we're talking on Instagram. So I appreciate it. Yeah, anytime, man. Anytime. Hopefully, we can get out fishing this summer. Definitely, definitely. I'll see you up at the Federation tournament, or the Nation. Sorry, the Nation. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll do. We'll do. All right, everyone, thank you for listening and tune in for episode number 17 of the JD Outdoors podcast brought to you by Wu Tungsten, Tactic Calories, Exxon Lures, and the JD Outdoor Lure Company.